disturbing from my slumber. I am the eternal dragon. Now make your first wish. Your wish has been granted. Here is your host, Tim Bridgewater. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 47 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Here we go. Here we go. We have officially jumped into a brand new arc, brand new saga. Uh, from what I'm hearing from people who have been watching the Japanese dub, uh, potentially one of the most exciting arcs or sagas. So I am incredibly excited about it. I hope you guys are. Uh, thank you for coming back this week. Once again, my name is Tim Bridgewater. I hosted two other podcasts. One of those was Geekly Dose. We talked about everything geek. There was also Republic City Report, which was a Legend of Korra podcast. So if that's a show you're looking to get into, you can check out that podcast. Both of those podcasts are available on Stitcher.com as well as iTunes. Rock the Dragon podcast, iTunes, Stitcher.com, Google Play, tune in. A couple different outlet options there for you. As always, if you want to leave me a review or a rating, you can head over to iTunes, leave me a review there, five-star rating there if you're enjoying the show, which... Uh, recent experiences have led me to believe that many of you guys are. So thank you so much for uh, coming back from week to week and, and, and checking this thing out. we got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today. In addition to the episode itself, I have a few emails here for our segment called What Are You Saying? Once again, uh, if you have any questions, comments about anything Dragon Ball related, feel free to send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also head over to the Facebook page, give it a like, send me a message there, facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast. Um, we just recently did a giveaway uh, for the Christmas bonus episode. I haven't talked about that in a while. Of course, I've already announced the winner, Jamie Moholland. I have an update for you, Jamie. I have received your lamp in the mail. Now I am waiting for your shirt. And then once I get that, I will ship both of those out to you. And then, of course, you're in another country, so I don't know exactly how long it'll take for you to get it. But just to give you an update, it's still in the works. Don't worry. No problem there. Uh, I have not looked at the lamp. That is another thing. I'm going to ship it to you directly in the box that I got it in because, well, that's just easier to do <laughs> because I don't have to repackage it. So when you get it, I'm going to need you to make sure there's nothing wrong with it because I I'm not going to open it. I haven't seen what's inside. But I'm going to assume everything is there and that it's intact. Um, so there's just an, an update on that. I'm thinking about doing another episode in the near future. Once again, uh, it's a matter of time before we get to episode 50 of the podcast. Hoping to do something special for that. I'm not going to guarantee that right now because I'm going to be honest with you. The next three weeks for me will be incredibly busy. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. But at the very least, we'll get a standard episode and I'll try to squeeze something extra in there for you if I can. As always, any uh, suggestions you may have for anything like that, feel free to email me. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and switch over to what are you saying for this week. Now, I have a couple of emails here I'm going to read, and then I'm going to save one of them to uh, after the episode talk, because that email pretty much pertains to episode 47 of Rock of a. Uh, Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> okay, so it'll make it, it'll make a little bit more sense to read that one after the episode. But for now, let's just jump into it because we got a lot of stuff to cover here. Uh, the first message here I got from my friend Dispo on Facebook says here, "Hey, I'm not sure if anyone else responded to your question about the fu the fusion dance clothes. Anyway, you are correct. The technique comes from the meta metamorons. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that." And so when you do the dance, the fused character has the clothes that the Metamorons wore. I believe the information comes from the seventh 
Daizenchu guidebook. Also, since it's not really a spoiler, the blue hair on Future Trunks has no real reason behind it, just a design decision. Okay, so let's talk about this for a little bit. Dispo, always good to hear from you, of course. Uh, yeah, so there was a question on a previous episode from, I think, uh, a listener. There was just some, you know, it's one of those sort of things that I, I don't recall specifically being mentioned in the anime, but then again, I can't recall everything. <laughs> that's why I have listeners like you guys who can write in and remind me of things so apparently there was a uh, conversation whether it be through the manga or this guidebook or maybe even in the anime somewhere where they did actually clarify that the clothing that comes as a result of the fusion dance that is done uh, to form Gotenks and Gogeta is in fact the clothing that the creators of the fusion dance wore which is what i kind of assumed because that just seemed like that would make sense uh my memory's a little rusty on some of the boo stuff once again they very well could have mentioned that in there somewhere but you know sometimes i just kind of forget stuff so awesome thank you for that uh and also uh we talked about uh i mentioned at the the, the end of episode 46 since they revealed, of course, that the next saga is going to involve future Trunks. Uh, one of the things that I immediately noticed about him, even before I saw the episode, because once again, I knew that future Trunks was coming back because, well, it's just hard to avoid spoilers. <laughs> but one of the things I noticed a long time ago is that his hair is now blue, where it used to be purple-ish. Uh, so this boy is saying here that as far as he is aware, it's just a design, a character design decision. Um, that is what I would have assumed that it would have been. Uh, but the only question is, is why didn't they go ahead and change Little Trunks' hair color to blue too? That's the only thing that's kind of got me still questioning this decision. Because if it was just a character design thing, they could have easily changed Little Trunks' hair color too. So the question is, why didn't they do that? Um, so maybe we'll get an answer. Maybe we won't. Maybe it is just a character design thing. Wouldn't be completely surprising. Once again, even Boma's hair is more blue than it was in Dragon Ball Super also. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll see something. Uh, obviously, uh, thank you for that information. Uh, now we're going to switch over to an email here from Rick Blackbeard. Rick, what is up? It says here what I'm saying. My email is acting up, so you might have gotten this email twice or once with half the email or a draft. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I got the entire thing the first time you sent it, I think. Says here, hey, Tim, Rick Blackbeard here just wanted to say I really like this mini arc, but I think it was mostly because of Brian Drummond and the nostalgia of it because it felt like just filler in the Japanese dub. I agree with you. It could have been better without Goku and had more trunks slash Gotenks taking on duplicate Vegeta, especially with seeing future trunks at the end. So the Gotenks slash Gogeta vest is due to the clothes they were fusing into the vest to look like the Metamorons clothing that created and taught Goku the dance. So regardless of what the two people that fuse wear, it will fuse into the vest. I'm sure you knew all this. And after writing all that, I can't remember if you actually asked for any of this, LOL. <laughs> oh, well, did you hear that super will be ending after episode 131? I heard that a lot of the animators will be working on the new movie in for December in Japan. And most of the voice actors are voicing on the new anime that takes on super's time slot in Japan. They said it's done for now after 131. 
so it's probably not coming back to 2019 if it does at all. Maybe if the movie does really good, it will come back. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Rick Blackbeard. Rick, as always, thank you so much for the email. Okay, so let's jump into this. Yeah, I agree with you. One of the, <laughs> that little mini arc on Potafu was not the greatest thing, but yeah, it for me and specifically, I think those of those of those of us who watch the English dub, a bonus treat of that arc was having the OG Ocean Dub Vegeta be the voice. Uh, other than that, it wasn't that great. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. But you know, those those one or two little filler arcs are never that great. So at least we did get some kind of cool stuff in there. I like the fact that we got to spend some time with Goten and Trunks again and just have a little adventure with them. I definitely did not like the way they forced Goku in there at the end. But and then there was a nostalgia of having Brian Drummond's uh, voice. So, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that as well. And yeah, it also obviously this is something I talked a lot about in those past few episodes is that I would prefer that Gotenks be the one to defeat Duplicate Vegeta for several reasons. Once again, listen to those episodes. I can break that down. But you brought up a good point here saying that they um, the fact that they show future trunks at the end would have tied those two events better even more so. I mean, let's say, for example, we got a big focus on uh, kid trunks as a part of this fight with Duplicate Vegeta. And then we transition into future trunks at the end. You're right, that would have been a really good way of kind of tying those together because what they essentially did is it faded to black and then it came back on and all of a sudden we were in a different time, different place. So it did seem like it was just kind of forced into the episode just to get us excited for the next one. I mean, it worked, but they could have done it uh, much better than that, I think. And yeah, you just kind of uh, reiterated some of the same things that Dispo mentioned about the fusion dance and the clothing and stuff like that. And uh, so let's talk about this. <clears throat> Apparently, from what uh, you have said here and also some research that I've done, they did recently announce that Dragon Ball Super will be ending after episode 131. So those of you who are watching a Japanese dub, I don't know exactly what episode you guys are on right now. I think it's somewhere in the 120s, though, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, somewhere in March, apparently uh, the series will come to an end now so i'm just going to read a little bit of an article that i uh found on kotaku.com that actually kind of talks about this a little bit let's see it says here the dragon ball super tv anime is ending this march according to japan's montan web the dragon ball super anime will end its television broadcast run this march Japanese site Sanspa writes that the Dragon Ball Super, that Dragon Ball Super, the fifth anime in the series, is ending this March. Adding that Fuji TV says a new production is currently to be announced and that, quote, it's not like the series is finished, end quote. It's unclear if in the Fuji TV, quote, series refers only to Dragon Ball Super or the entire Dragon Ball anime series. Uh, Debuting in Japan in June 2015, Dragon Ball Super's main story arc was created by Akira Toriyama. Initially, the animation was criticized for being low quality, but the show found its footing, introducing new hair colors and briefly, sexy beards referencing old memes and unleashing powerful storylines. Okay, yeah, and then they kind of mentioned some information about what what will be its replacement. So yeah, what from what from what I've seen and read so far about this is that it will be ending in March, but 
there's reason to believe that it's not done for good. So there could be a number of different reasons for that. For one, um, they are in fact mentioning, uh, they're making a movie, which I think you mentioned there in your email. Uh, so they could be taking some time to work on that. Maybe the ratings aren't perfect right now. Maybe they need a break. It could be any number of things. I mean, these people work incredibly hard to make this show, you know, come out in episode because it's not like American TV where they take breaks and, and shit. <laughs> like, I think when Dragon Ball Z had its original run, it pretty much came on every single week for like however many years it was on the air. I mean, it's very difficult to make this kind of stuff the way the Japanese do it. So they could just want a break and maybe they maybe they want to just take a step back and kind of revitalize and switch some things around. Maybe Dragon Ball Super would come to an end and then maybe they'll come back as Dragon Ball something else. Who knows? So until we find out for sure, I'm not going to shed a tear over it <laughs> just yet. Uh, of course, what does this mean for Rock the Dragon podcast? Well, pretty much nothing because well for one thing the english dub we're only on episode 47 <laughs> so we still have optimistically at least another two years of this podcast to catch up before before we get to 131 episodes okay so uh you know i can't say for sure i'll still be here in two years doing this but that's just in uncertainty that we all have in life. I don't know where I'll be a year from now, let alone, let alone two years. But optimistically, if the podcast continues to grow, there will be no reason for me to ever stop doing this. And who knows, by the time the English dub actually gets to 100, uh, to episode 131, the Japanese version could have come back to television by then. Because that would be two, you know, one and a half year to two years from now. So by that time, they could have come back with the continuation of Dragon Ball Super. And that, that would be kind of interesting because at that point, the English dub could be caught up with the Japanese dub. And then maybe we can get the English dub a lot faster. And maybe it can just be a week to two weeks behind the Japanese one as opposed to being as far behind as it is now. That would certainly change up the dynamic of this podcast. And I would hope open up the potential of... Um, more listeners to come to this podcast because I know a lot of people watch the Japanese dub and since I don't talk about the Japanese dub they probably figured there's no reason to listen now maybe now since Dragon Ball Super is about to end in Japan some of you guys or some of those guys will come over and start watching the English dub just to try to get a different perspective on it and maybe they'll check out the podcast so if you have any friends like that that watch Japanese dub and really don't have much of a desire to watch the English one well, tell them that the Japanese one's about to stop <laughs> so they can come back and experience it all over again in English uh, and check out the podcast as well. So, uh, that's, yeah, until I think I think until we get more information on that, there's not really much more to say. Once again, that doesn't really affect us who are mostly watching the English dub. Um, we still have plenty of episodes to go before we have to worry about anything ending. And once again, even by that point, the Japanese one may have returned in some form. Uh, I mean, if it doesn't return, that will suck. I mean, there is definitely a part of me that was kind of hoping that Dragon Ball Super lasted at least as long as Dragon Ball Z, which I think was about 291 episodes. But at the same time, I'm also one of those people who uh, I would much prefer a show just get canceled or go away than to still be on air and not be good. Now, I'm not saying that it's not good. Obviously, I'm not watching the Japanese dub, so I don't know. 
uh, I th- as far as I can tell, people are still enjoying what's happening right now in that version. But I don't know. But just speaking generally, if it sucks, end it. You know, because I mean, like, I, I don't I don't see a point of, of continuing with something that's not very good. Uh, take a break, come back, revitalize it. Or if you don't feel like you have to or need to, well, then, um, you know, then that's an option, too. But we'll always have Dragon Ball Z. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> OK, because most of Super, at least up until this point, hasn't been very good anyway. Um, now, we have reason to believe that beginning with today's episode or episode 47, that we're about to get into some really interesting stuff. And I, I think that's true. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. So Rick Blackbeard, thank you so much um, for uh, sending me that info. Now we have another email here. This is from Chelsea. Chelsea, nice to hear from you. Uh, I know we talk occasionally on the Facebook page, so it's cool to get an email from you. So let's let's go ahead and jump into this. It says there, hey, Tim, longtime fan of the pod. First time writing in. First of all, congratulations on reaching your one year anniversary. It's been a fun ride. Can't wait to see what you bring this next year. I started as a DBZ van, fan pretty late. I think season seven was just starting to air on Toonami when my friend convinced me to start watching. I know the later seasons get a lot of hate, but since they were my initial exposure to the series, they'll always hold a special place in my heart. Super, however, ugh. I feel like it's already hard enough to be a Dragon Ball Z fan. Having to explain to outsiders why it is worth watching despite the multiple levels of powering up to convince them to wait out the filler episodes for the action. And now Super is making it even harder to admit to being a fan. It's not that I'm not enjoying Super. I just think it's too silly, maybe? DBZ definitely had its goofier moments, but at its heart was a great story with characters you actually cared about. Super just feels so lazy compared to Z. I can't help but to think of the missed opportunities and questionable story direction Super is taking. First and foremost, as, as you've pointed out many times, is the inclusion of Pilaf and gang. Why are they there? And maybe I missed something, but why are they all children? It was a fun throwback initially, but their inclusion in the story past those first few episodes felt unnecessary. Then there's this butchering they've done with Vegeta. By far, he was my favorite DBZ character watching as his character struggled to overcome so many hurdles those nine seasons only to see him reduced to, well, whatever the heck he was this past couple episodes. I also felt it was cheap to have him choose to sacrifice himself, recalling an early Z scene of Piccolo doing the same move to Gohan, only to have Manaka uh, save the day merely for a laugh. Goku showing up really irked me. It's been a cop-out technique that the writers have employed too many times in the series as a whole. I do hope that we'll see some growth with Vegeta this upcoming arc after he was able to see and critique himself in the fight. Being a Dragon Ball fan, though, I'll just grip my teeth and wait. I know that fans of the Japanese version keep stressing the cool stuff is coming. I'm trying not to be skeptical. I want to answer your Gotenks question, even though I'm sure we've beaten this topic into the ground by now. Fusion was a cool concept introduced late in the series, but it never went anywhere. It was a dead-end plot that was just a major disappointment. Also, I couldn't dig up any answers about the clothing, but I always noticed that it was almost the same outfit Boo was wearing, vest in the similar style pants. Gotenks had the potential to be badass, but being a child never reached that potential. Once again, Super missed the opportunity. I do enjoy Gotenks in the DS game Dragon Ball Fusions, which introduces a five-way fusion. I digress. I'm still setting my hopes high for Super. 
Being a female fan of Z has always held its challenges. Chi Chi, Videl, and 18 all started off as strong, badass females and were reduced to cheering on the sidelines as the story progressed. I can appreciate Bulma as a female character who is into science and mechanics because I feel that's a solid image to sit in the young girls. But I'd like to see Videl or 18 back in action at some point. A girl can, can dream, right? Sorry this ended up being so long and rancy. This is why I haven't written in ever. They all become long-winded rants. Anyway, keep up the good work. Rock on. Chelsea, thank you so much for that. Uh, yes, that was a little bit long, but that's okay. It is your first email, and I'm sure you had a lot of stuff you wanted to get out. So that, that's totally fine. Now, let's see if I can kind of touch on some of the things that you mentioned here. Uh, let's see. Okay, so yeah, it's been a tough ride through Super. I think most of us can uh, agree to that. Uh, and obviously, I talk a lot about this in the past episodes, so I won't really get into breaking down why that is and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Most of the Japanese dub fans have been saying, hey, just hang in there. We're getting to some good stuff. Just wait for it. Uh, I have reason to believe that this whole Future Trunks thing is exactly the moment that they were talking about. <laughs> um, if this first episode was any indication, I think it's headed in a good direction. But we'll get more into that in a minute. And of course, as for Super being uh, too silly, yeah, I agree. I mean, I talked a lot about this. Uh, I think it ultimately just became a result of trying to sort of remarket this franchise to kids, uh, more so like Dragon Ball, the original Dragon Ball. I think they believe, uh, and this is something that <clears throat> I remember, uh, Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this before, but I watched an interview from Christopher Sabat, and he was saying that he, it, he got the impression that Akira Toriyama was essentially trying to recapture the uh, spirit of Dragon Ball but with the Dragon Ball Z sort of fighting. Um, so this super is supposed to sort of be more of a combination of the tones of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z combined instead of being more like Dragon Ball Z. Now, what I'm getting here, honestly, is uh, I, I'm thinking that this Trunks arc is going to be a very good way to sort of inject more of that serious nature that we have been longing for. <laughs> back into Dragon Ball Super. I mean, just this episode itself, just everything to do with Trunks is, future Trunks is usually pretty serious. So um, this is probably going to be that turning point that we've kind of been waiting for and hoping for. But once again, we'll talk more about that in a second. Now, as for uh, <laughs> Mai and the Pilaf gang being kids, at some point during Dragon Ball Z, uh, they wished... Um, they made a wish for their youth again. I don't, I don't remember if if we saw it or if they just kind of hinted at it and talked about it. But it happened somewhere in Dragon Ball Z because if you remember from the original Dragon Ball, Mai is one of those characters, and, and Pilaf have been around for a long time, and Shu, like ever since Dragon Ball. So there's all sorts of adventures there where Mai is an adult. <laughs> uh, but at some point, yeah, during Z. Pilaf wished for their youth so they became kids again. So that kind of explains why now in future Trunks' timeline, we have an adult version of Mai again because we can assume that that little version of Mai that's running around right now essentially uh, grew up. And now in the future version, um, they, you know, that's, that's, that's her. Um, of course, it's, she'd be slightly different because that would be the Mai from future Trunks' timeline. And not really the one that, not the same one that's with Pilaf now. 
but it's still more or less the same character. Obviously, she goes through a lot of changes, though, between now and the future. And hopefully they'll kind of go into a little bit of that. We'll talk more about my in a second. And it's definitely no secret that I'm not a fan of Pilaf or any of them. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm totally in, in agreement there. I mean, I don't once again, I just think it's an effort to try to recapture Dragon Ball. You know, they're just trying to recapture some of the magic from that show. And what better way, I guess, in their eyes to do that than to bring back characters that were mostly utilized in that show. And since they are kids and they're a sort of comedy relief and they're super silly. Well, if you're a kid flipping through the channels and you happen to see those characters, you'll probably stop and be like, hey, what's this? As opposed to just flipping through and seeing, I don't know, I guess Vegeta yelling at Kakarot or something so I definitely think it was just sort of a marketing sort of restructuring sort of a thing and that's why they did that uh, yeah and but I mean I don't I don't disagree with anything you said here even Vegeta Vegeta's certainly a lot different from Dragon Ball Z uh, I think for the same reasons that I just listed you know they're just trying to sort of retool things to make it more kid-friendly um, and it may it does it makes it even worse in instances like in this episode we got actual flashbacks from Dragon Ball Z and when they show us those moments it just makes me miss Dragon Ball Z even more because these characters don't even feel the same in a lot of ways that they they felt in Dragon Ball Z but I get once again if you look at it from a broader sort of standpoint where you're just you have to kind of take a step outside of it and look at the big picture and think about demographics and marketing, the kind of stuff we as fans don't like to think about. We just really like to focus on the story about the things that we love. But from a more, you know, as a company, Toy Animation has to be like, OK, how can we retool this thing so that it's more friendly to broader audiences, thus bringing in more money? So all I can assume is that that shift in Vegeta is sort of a result of that now the good thing is at least is that we do get some very vegeta moments that remind us of dragon ball z vegeta uh he's definitely not as serious as he once was but at the same time i kind of was looking for some growth with his character um they may have taken it too far in some ways um uh, but hey i think at this point i'm just trying to get to a point where i can just kind of enjoy super for what it is uh, i learned a long time ago that it will never be as good as Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> so at this point, I'm just kind of hoping for the best uh, while we make our way through the rest of this thing. Um, so let's see here. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, Fusion, right? You mentioned that. Uh, yeah, Fusion was Fusion for one. Of, it's one of those things that you you're kind of creating a get out of jail free card, is what I like to call it. You know, it's kind of a way out of a situation. And then you kind of put yourself in a bad position by by introducing something like that into your universe, because then you have people that ask, well, why don't they just fuse? Why don't they fuse all the time? Or and then it gets really confusing about who can fuse, why you can fuse, why why can't you fuse? How long does it last? What does it do? The, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's it, but Dragon Ball has a lot of things like that, and very few of them actually pay off. Um, so yeah, fusion is kind of weird, but you know they 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 created it, so now they have to keep it. <laughs> I mean, unless they decide to do away with it somehow. Uh, I've never been a major fan of. Um, we talked about this Gotenks, but I also kind of don't mind him either. So 
but we've been getting a lot less of it. I think they're trying to stop leaning on fusion uh, as much as, you know, making as, making it as much of a crutch as it has kind of been before. So, but we'll, we'll kind of see what happens more with that. Um, and yeah, and then for last but not least, you kind of, you went off on a strong optimistic note here and you said that you would like to see more from the female characters on the show. I am in full agreement. Uh, I don't remember which episode of the podcast it was, but someone wrote in and asked me uh, if there was a character that I would like to get more screen time. And I believe my answer for that was Videl, because I actually really liked Videl back in Dragon Ball Z. Um, she was definitely a badass character. I mean, I remember when Gohan taught her to fly and they were training for the tournament and it was heartbreaking to watch her get her ass destroyed by Spopovich in that world tournament, you know, in the early Boo saga. Um, but we, you know, it was emotional. We cared about that character because when she was getting her ass handed to her in that fight, it was sad. It was very sad. And, but it was also, it was cool because it made Gohan mad. And one of my favorite moments is when he's trying to fight the urge to, to step into the fight, you know? So I would like to see more of that. I mean, we've been lacking, Dragon Ball Super has been lacking those kinds of moments. Those moments that make you sit back and you want to tear up and you want to get angry. And then when, when one of the characters powers up, you feel it, you know? A lot of this stuff is, hasn't had stakes. It's been a lot of tournament shit. We've got some cool fights, but we haven't gotten anything that's really serious until this arc. And that is what I think is happening here. Uh, I'm thinking that this Future Trunks saga is going to be what we've been waiting for <laughs> all from Super so far. So at least that is something to be excited about. And yeah, maybe at some point, 18 and Chi-Chi will get their time to shine again, too. So, okay. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, Chelsea, for writing in. My response to that was long, too. So don't feel bad about it. <laughs> okay. Ooh, man. Every now and then we get these episodes that are pretty lengthy. Uh, we're about 30 minutes into here, and I haven't even started the episode talk yet. So hope you guys are still listening, still interested, and uh, excited that you're getting an extended episode of Rock the Dragon podcast this week. Uh, once again, I do have one more message for what are you saying, but I'll just save that one until after the episode talk, because some of it kind of, a, you know, um, applies to the, the episode itself. So with that being said, uh, with no further ado, let's talk about this episode. Of course, this episode of Rock the Dragon podcast, episode 47 is going to cover episode 47 of Dragon Ball Super titled SOS from the future. A dark new enemy appears. And so here we go. Brand new arc. Exciting. We left off on the previous episode. Of course, we got a quick peek at fan favorite character, Future Trunks. Definitely one of my favorite characters. Um, so it's there's plenty of reasons to be excited here because as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, we we jump to the future trunks and he's in a dark, desolate future. Um, so obviously after he returned to his time and defeated the androids and cell, uh, maybe there was some peace for a little while and then, but then slowly but surely something new arose here and now there's a new threat. Uh, I can tell you this, uh, I really like this episode. <laughs> That's probably not going to surprise you at all. Uh, I'm a major Future Trunks fan and, um, I can tell you this, there's, there's not a single thing that they've done with this character 
from Dragon Ball Z until this episode that I didn't like. Uh, everything involving him is usually really good. Because if you think about it, we've had this super sort of silly uh, series so far. And as soon as this character shows up, shit gets real. Because you know, if they if we see him in the future, something serious is going down. So hopefully this future trunk stuff is going to inject that sort of uh, long-awaited, long-needed uh, sense of seriousness that we have been in stakes that we have been wanting from Dragon Ball Super this entire time. And once again, if this episode is any indication, I think things are about to go down. So the episode basically starts off, um, we go directly to Trunks in his time and everything's just kind of destroyed. And he's essentially sort of kind of on the run in hiding from this dark shadowy figure that's kind of flying throughout the sky you know at, at this point all we see is like sort of this sh this shadow and this electricity but we know that you know essentially there's something serious going on here obviously it's serious enough where trunks feel like feels like he has to run from it so um we can kind of predict where this is going to go right this is going to be something a, a threat that he can't defeat himself in the future and so he's going to need to find a reason to go back to the past uh, so that's essentially where we're building to with this. And so we get, um, you know, the narrator comes in, we learn the title of the episode, and then we pick up with Trunks. He shows up to this sort of abandoned sort of laboratory where we see Boma. Uh, and Boma is hard at work on something. So we find out through conversation here that basically uh, Boma has been working on this energy sort of solution that we can kind of assume and is confirmed pretty much later on that this is needed in order to I, I'm assuming power the time machine so that he can make a trip in the past because we we're, we learn from here from this that there's this being called black that is uh, basically causing destruction and he needs to go back in time and this is kind of the only way but there's only enough for a one-way trip at this point but Boma does mention the fact that there may be another way but it's super risky um, I couldn't help but wonder at this point what she would, what was she possibly uh, referring to with that? I mean, I would think the Dragon Balls would be an option in terms of returning home. Obviously, the Dragon Balls are not an option in the future because they're gone. Piccolo was killed a long time ago in Trunks and Future Trunks' timeline. Piccolo, Kami, uh, anyone who would have been able to make new Dragon Balls, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I, I would assume that the... Namekians are still out there somewhere, but there's really no way to get in contact with them without Goku being around and Goku's connection to King Kai and the Dragon Balls and all that kind of stuff. So the Dragon Balls basically are not an option in the future. So they have to kind of rely on this time machine. And what I did like about this, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think there was a big emphasis on this, uh, this, this element or this substance that was needed to power the time machine before like i don't remember them going into a lot of detail about that in the history of trunks the tv special um or anywhere else in there so i kind of like the fact that now that is being sort of uh presented here more so because it just kind of opens this world up a little bit and it it, it tells us that this time machine is not something that can just be used when and whenever you feel like it you know it, it not only does it need the substance but it's very rare Boma has to make it and it takes her about a year just to make enough for one trip. Now, maybe that wasn't the case before 
Maybe it's the case now, though, because some time has passed and there's obviously a lot of more there's less resources. And she does also mention here that they can't forget all the people that have died as trying to get this stuff. So that's pretty cool. Another bonus thing that I picked up on. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but do you remember that seemingly throwaway moment from the episode where they went to Planet Potafu and they were at Capsule Corp? It was present day Boma with Manaka and Boma was working on some science experiment in her lab and she got Manaka to help her with it. And then he was standing there holding this thing and this little ooze came out. Well, that was the same thing. So when I realized that, I said, oh, it wasn't a throwaway moment after all. Because if you remember, I mentioned that. I said, hey, what the hell is she working on here? Why did they choose to emphasize this moment? Will this pay off? Will this turn into something? And even though the show themselves didn't point it out, it's something I picked up on. That that's the exact same stuff that Boma is working on in the present. So that's pretty cool. You know, I... Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball world is not one of those worlds where you you can see a little thing in a past episode and it turn into something in the future. <laughs> so when they do that, I think it's super cool, super cool from a writing standpoint to show that even now in the present, she's slowly starting to develop this substance that will one day allow people to travel throughout time. So that's a pretty cool connection, uh, at least from my opinion. So I thought that that was awesome. So basically. They're kind of discussing it here and they're saying that, you know, we there's only enough for for one trip back. Uh, once again, she does say uh, there's another there's potential for another way. Once again, uh, I, I would say the Dragon Balls will be an option for that, even if they're not, uh, because Shinron may not have the ability to manipulate time in that way. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, now, the Super Dragon Balls are an option and I'm sure they can do them. So maybe, you know, once he does return home, it'll be the results of the Dragon Balls or the Super Dragon Balls or something else. But that can't be what Bulma's talking about here because she doesn't know about that, right? This future Bulma would not know about the existence of the Super Dragon Balls because that never happened in her lifetime. In her timeline, they never did any of that. <laughs> Everyone had died well before they had a chance to go discover the existence of Super Dragon Balls. So that leads me to believe that whatever she's mentioning here is something different, maybe something completely new. Um, I would hope that they would sort of uh, reveal that and that it wouldn't be one of those things that just kind of gets thrown to the wayside. Now, another thing, another thing that's kind of revealed here throughout this conversation <clears throat> is that Trunks is essentially trying to meet up with Mai. OK, the same Mai that we were just talking about a minute ago. Uh, and if you were someone who, you know, get spoilers every now and then because you know well you can't avoid them then you know that there is a grown-up version of my in trunks's timeline that is basically an ally of his um i have to say that that's super cool i mean i they just started this arc and i'm already super fucking excited <laughs> because what they're doing here so far is, is is cool i mean we've we've upped the stakes so much from you know, gummy bear duplicate Vegeta to now in such a short amount of time, just by introducing future trunks back into the storyline, you've already got some dark shit happening. And at this point, I think we're ready for that. <laughs> I think we're ready for some serious stuff here. Um, 
So it's kind of a revelation here to, to, to reveal that Mai is is uh, a, sort of a teammate of Trunks here. Hopefully at some point they will let us know, you know, how this relationship began. Um, because, well, the last time we saw Mai, she was running around with Emperor Pilaf, right? So who knows? But a lot of time has passed. And when, you know, in, in this world where they live in, where there's a much greater threat, you'd be surprised. Uh the friends you'll make right because there's always got to be a greater evil you know the lesser of two evils the greater of two evils etc um so at some point you can just assume that they found each other and realized that one of the best ways to survive was to stick together and they probably became friends and uh it's something that i'm hoping that we get to sort of explore more now we don't get a lot of explanation about what all of this is yet obviously this is just the beginning you know rest assured whenever trunks makes it back to the past there'll be an expositional sort of a scene that will explain all of this stuff. <laughs> um, at least the threat here. Now, speaking of that threat, this being at this point known only as Black uh, shows up at the laboratory, attacks the lab. It's pretty decent animation here. I'm glad they kind of upped the budget a little bit for the introduction to this new arc. I mean, how terrible would this have been had they started off this arc with really bad animation? <laughs> you know, I mean, even like, even, it's very hard to, for me to get not excited about future trunks, but that certainly wouldn't would have made it difficult. Uh, no, it's not flawless. It's not great, but it's kind of in the middle. It's leaning more toward the good side than the bad side. So I thought that that was super cool. And I think that this environment that they've kind of created here, as far as how this future time looks, is pretty cool. Uh, we get a pretty nice action sequence here. Obviously, Trunks is trying to protect this last bit of energy that he needs to go back in the past. Boma um, does not make it out of this moment live. As far as we're aware, it, I thought it was pretty clear. <laughs> At some point, she is caught by the being. And um, of course, Trunks wants to rescue her, but she's saying, hey, you know, it's, it's much more important. Your mission, don't worry about it. Stay focused. He leaves. Uh, Boma essentially dies in this moment. I mean, as far as what we see here um so that's sad but remember this is future boma right i mean you know the fact that she survived this long is pretty impressive now of course they can't give us an entire episode with just future trunks for some reason i mean i wish they would have <laughs> i don't know why they i would have been happy with just spending this entire episode there because honestly nothing that happens here with the rest of these characters back on earth uh is that important <laughs> so but, you know, people still want to see Goku every episode. So we switch over to planet Earth. And it's not what we see here isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. I just I would prefer to just stay with Trunks. But fine. So we go back to planet Earth and Goku is essentially basically Goku, Chi Chi and Goten and Piccolo are out in the field. You know, they talking about planting some lettuce. And we kind of get this sort of smaller comedic sort of scene because Chi Chi's yelling about them growing, farming and stuff. And uh, Goku is mentioning that to Piccolo that it's a good way to train. <laughs> and he's like, training? This is just work. But he reminds him, he says, hey, you know, back when Krillin and I were kids, Master Roshi had us doing all kinds of stuff like this. And it ended up making us a lot stronger in the end. Um, and then we get a little flashback back to Dragon Ball. So that's always cool. It's definitely cool to kind of go back and they, they do that. And once again, it's weird when they do it because this show feels so much different than those, especially Dragon Ball Z. 
but it's nice to get the flashbacks every now and then just to remind us that this is all one story um the same characters etc so we get like this short little scene where goku and piccolo are just kind of quickly picking these lettuces and throwing them into this these food bins krillin shows up um nice to see krillin again he, he doesn't get nearly as much attention now as he got in dragon ball z which is not a good thing in my opinion but it's kind of cool that they at least try to get him in there every now and then to do something but he's only here <laughs> to let to sort of inadvertently let goku know that vegeta has returned to training with beerus and Whis. okay and of course the second goku finds out about that he instant transmissions himself back to beerus's planet where we rejoin vegeta and Whis, and he's training him and etc so basically goku shows up uh at the wrong time it just kind of interrupts the fight and we already know what's going to happen he's basically saying hey uh you know it's not fair vegeta you keep you know you you won't wait for me to train and etc and you know it's some of this stuff is kind of repetitive you know but the, the main takeaway um from this stuff with them is to find out more about grand zeno okay because eventually we get to this point to where they're all eating and it i thought it was an incredibly weird way to bring it up <laughs> i think they probably could have found a more natural way to kind of bring that conversation back up um then goku saying something like uh if you don't want the food i guess i'll bring it to grand zeno or something i mean it, it wasn't the best transition into that topic but they transitioned into it and we get some information that we probably could have assumed already but we more or less they they kind of explain why beerus and weiss reacted the way that they did to grand zeno at the um destroyer tournament because basically he is the omni king he is the king of all of the universes okay all of them uh and he's essentially and there's no one more powerful okay so all of these kais that we've met grand kai supreme kai elder kai none of that shit matters uh the destroyer gods none of that this guy is the top guy he he is the one who can just destroy all the universes in a blink of an eye if he felt like it okay so he was cut they were kind of just breaking it down explaining this is why we behave that way as well as i believe to just kind of remind us of that tournament that he talked about which is probably going to end up being the next arc after this one because I don't think that that was coincidence that he brought that up. <laughs> you know, that's probably going to be the next thing that happens after this or at least at some point in the near future. But we we do get some information about that. So that's some useful information about the universes. We also find out that there were actually uh, 18 universes, I think they said at one point. So that just lets us know that Grand Zeno destroyed six of them for whatever reason. Okay, just to show that even though it's this cute little guy, you know, that if if, if you if something comes out the wrong way, he won't hesitate to uh, kind of destroy you. Now, I think I kind of jumped ahead with some of that, but I just kind of wanted to clear up a lot of that stuff. But the main point of this stuff here to me is the future trunk stuff. So let's get back to that. <laughs> okay, so Trunks meets up with my... Um, and I love it. Don't you just love it? I mean, I love this entire sequence between the two of them. You know, Mai is not a character that I typically like at all, especially in kid form. No, 
at all. Fuck that, okay? But this is good stuff. I mean, I, I like their interaction here. I like the music here. It it displays this serious tone. It shows just how desperate they are at this point. You know, Trunks is basically explaining to her that he just lost his mom. You know, like this is super serious. He's crying. I mean, this is the most serious I think things have been in all of Dragon Ball Super in the span of one episode just by introducing future Trunks back into the storyline. Great, 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 incredible idea. Um, he has blue hair for some reason. His eyes are blue now, too. But hey, <laughs> why not? I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just an excellent sort of a sequence because because it immediately makes you start asking these questions like, wow, it's my not only is she grown up, she's a good guy. Her and Trunks are friends. You know, you're, you're planting seeds for an interesting story there because it makes you start asking questions well how did they hook up with one another and where's this leading to and what is this thing they're running from and oh no Bulma's gone and I mean you see them saying how just just bringing future trunks back automatically makes all this stuff way better and, and I'm way more optimistic about the direction that it is going in because it's 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 a genius move to bring him back because it, it's going to it's ushering in this much more serious arc which, which I'm really excited about. And so we get we get another sort of sequence where uh, Mai and Trunks are uh, just kind of hanging out in a room. You know, they, they obviously have this plan that they're going to try to get this energy over to uh, the leftover remnants of Capsule Corp. But we can kind of assume um, that that's where the time machine is. I mean, assuming that they're still going to approach it from that perspective. But we get a scene here that just kind of and this is great character development in such a short amount of time. Just from this scene, we we learn what type of person Mai is. I mean, she we know that she has changed, obviously, because she has food for trunks. I mean, she gives them this little can of food, and then they kind of share with a cat. And it's this sort of heartwarming moments here where trunks decides to give her the food because she's hungry and this it tells us so much about their relationship in such a short amount of time. And that's what I like about this. And not only that. It, it, it it's just heartwarming enough to when things take a turn for the worse later on we can have that emotional reaction to it that we're supposed to have um so everything about this is 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 great i mean you know <laughs> why did it take them so long to get to this man but you know what i think i appreciate it so much more now because we had to go through so much shit to get to this point but basically yeah they're talking about this mission that they have where they have to get there and then they're going to go back i think 17 years in the past because trunks mentions hey i have friends back in that timeline that i know can help us and this is where we get our flashback back to dragon ball z which gosh just makes me want to go back and rewatch it <laughs> right now because you know it's just so awesome just to see that kind of stuff um but it's it's, it's all it's, all, it's also kind of weird too because we see trunks in that flashback and his hair is purple so, so it's like wait a minute you're gonna like you're just making us more confused here but whatever it's fine you know so they decided they're going to uh start making their way toward i think it's metro west is what they refer to it as um yeah it's like sort of only i guess on the other side of town or wherever it is another thing about this future is I mean, th this looks a lot worse than it was when the androids were running around. I mean, at least there were still people. There were still 
some civilians scattered around i mean this place is bad like we haven't seen another soul other than boma trunks my and this little cat this entire episode is for us from there you know where where they are so we know there's some serious shit going down so they get there and just when they're about to go in uh they find out that black has uh discovered their location and I think this is where Trunks realizes, or, well, actually he realized it before this point, that Black finally figured out a way to trace his energy, so now he knows exactly where he is. And this is where he gets attacked. They both get attacked, and we get this pretty sweet sequence. I mean, you know, it, it almost feels like a different show now all of a sudden, right? Because it's like, this is not what Dragon Ball Super has been like at all so far. And we get this super cool shit all of a sudden with this dark tornado comes out of the sky and there's this black uh, being inside there and Trunks takes out his sword and he runs towards him and he jumps in the sky. And I mean, like, it, this is this feels very anime to me, like a lot of the more anime sort of feeling moments that we've had in this series. It comes in moments like this for me, like this. This seems like it can be anything. This doesn't even have to be Dragon Ball. And I mean, that in a good way. Uh, I mean, it does kind of make you still wonder why Trunks still insists on using that sword as if that's it. I mean, <laughs> at this point, that thing's just like a a, a freaking uh, totem now. Right. I mean, like it doesn't. I don't know. I mean, maybe when it, when he uses it, it gets a lot more power. But at the end of the day, it's still made out of steel. Right. Which makes it even more confusing to me why Mai is trying to shoot this thing with this gun that she has. But I don't know. Maybe this future gun has some kind of super, you know. We've learned through the history of the Dragon Ball franchise that these weapons don't do anything. <laughs> Even swords and stuff will just be broken in half like it's nothing. Uh, now, obviously, if there's a lot of strength behind it, yeah, because, I mean, that same sword essentially sliced Frieza up into pieces. Um, but he also had the power of Super Saiyan trunks behind him. Very interesting decision here to not let him go Super Saiyan at all, by the way. I think it kind of would have been cool because I, I don't I mean, obviously, we haven't seen the end of this yet. I mean, this is just sort of the beginning of us finding out who this even is. And they find a way to sort of transition into that by essentially letting Mai get taken out of commission, which he thinks that she's dead in this moment. But I don't think she's dead because, I mean, this is something I want to mention earlier. If you watch the opening credits to this episode, you know, they, they change these things up every arc which is not necessarily the best thing because sometimes they spoil things. So we do see certain characters in the opening credits before we even see them in the episode. But Mai is very much active in the opening credits. So I don't see why they would just kill her right now, you know, after only spending a little bit of time with her. But I don't know. Uh, I could be wrong, but we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, very interesting choice to not have him go Super Saiyan at all here. But this could, that could happen next episode. I don't know. Because it ends right before the shit is about to hit the fan where we finally see who this figure is known as Black. Uh, dramatic camera pan upward. Ta-da! We get this guy who looks a lot like Goku. Uh, except he's dressed in all black. He's been referred to as Black this entire time. He has one earring in his ear. At this point, we don't know exactly the significance of any of this, but he opens his mouth, he talks, he also sounds like Goku. Okay, so uh, obviously, <laughs> 
Japanese dub viewers will immediately identify this character as Goku Black. Okay, now this is a character I've only talked about once pretty much on the podcast because we had never gotten to him until now. And there was no reason for me to talk about him. I knew about him because once again, spoilers, <laughs> right? So I knew he existed. I knew what his name was, but there was never a reason to talk about him because I don't know where he came from. I didn't know that he was from the future. So that's pretty cool to find out. Uh, I did know that he looked like Goku though. And he sounds like him. Obviously, it's obviously Sean Schimmel doing the voice, just a darker version of the voice. Uh, so, man, what do you think about Goku Black? I, you know, if you're someone who hasn't been watching Japanese dub, then you're pretty much in the same place as me, where you're wondering exactly who this guy is, where did he come from? He obviously has some very unique abilities to where he can kind of just travel through the skies as this black shadow and with his lightning and tornadoes and shit. I mean, it's one of the coolest things they've done so far. So, uh, I hear some pretty serious stuff goes down with this character, so I'm super excited to stick around and find out exactly what that is. Uh, I think it's interesting choice that he has one earring in his ear. Usually when we see those types of earrings, they have something to do with the Kais. The Kais usually wear those earrings, and then there are, of course, the fusions and things like that, so maybe Goku Black is some sort of a result of something involving Kai's infusions. I don't know. This is all just speculation, obviously, because I don't know. Um, I was fortunate enough to not be spoiled completely on him. <laughs> so a lot of this stuff, I'm just super excited to find out uh, about. That's and that's basically where the episode ends. So here we go. I mean, after hearing about Goku Black for 30 episodes or so, <laughs> we've finally reached the arc where we get to see and experience this character. He comes along with future trunks. Uh, so it, 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 it's, it's exciting to see what's going to happen from this point on. I mean, all I can assume is that trunks will make it back to the past and somehow Goku Black will be with him. <laughs> so maybe he'll, you know, I, I don't know. He'll maybe there, there might be some kind of big portal opened and he'll go through too. because, I mean, obviously he can't just stay in the future. I mean, he has to go to the past or something. Or, or maybe Trunks will go back to the past. and I, I don't know. It's all just silly speculation at this point. But the point is that I'm super excited about it. What do you think about it? What are you saying? Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, if you already know what's going to happen, don't spoil it for the rest of us. <laughs> okay. Um, but thank you guys for listening, too. And tell your friends to come make sure you check out Rock the Dragon Podcast. So... That about does it for the episode talk. Oh, man. Uh, super exciting introduction to a brand new arc. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, we have one more segment of What Are You Saying? Uh, this message was from Brent. It was sort of pertaining to this specific episode. So I figured I'd just kind of save this conversation until after we talked about it. Brent writes, good DBC. Wow. <laughs> you see, this episode has got me feeling so much more like dbz right now that i'm referencing that when i shouldn't be uh good dbs episode this week only real letdown was goku black's voice wasn't as sinister as i was hoping evil sean shimmel maybe will come out later with more dialogue i hope friends who have watched the dub say this was their favorite arc so far still nothing will beat trunks's original intro in dbz swiftest and coolest kill in dbz if you ask me 
And this is where Brent posted a link to the moment where Trunks slices and dices Frieza up. Uh, also, saw these online the other day, and you Brent posted a couple of links to some of the Funko Dragon Ball Super Pop figures. Uh, yeah, I come across these figures every now and then. Uh, they're very popular at um, Hot Topic and places like that. And obviously, you posted some Walmart links here. I haven't actually picked any of them up, though. Um, just because I don't know, it's kind of hard for me to justify spending money <laughs> on stuff like that. Sometimes don't get me wrong. Obviously I like figurines and stuff like that. Uh, if anyone out there wants to donate any of those to, to, to rock the dragon podcast, I will not turn them down, but I probably won't go out and spend money on those myself. Like I feel like even though they're not that much, you know, if I can get two or three of those, well then I can just spend that money and get like a, you know, a detailed figure or something like that. So super cool. But yeah, I always take donations here at Rock the Dragon Podcast. So any fun stuff out there you might pick up that you want to share with me in physically or digitally, I'm always down for it. Let me know. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you kind of mentioned here Goku Black, um, his voice, uh, how you kind of were let down by it. Uh, I, I didn't mind it. I mean, yeah, it, it, it essentially just sounded like a darker version of Goku, which I don't know much about goku black but i think that's what he is i i I don't know um so based on what i know about the character right now which is basically nothing (laughs) i think i'm okay with his voice uh yeah he just kind of sounds like super saiyan 3 goku because you remember when super saiyan 3 goku first came about uh his voice was a little deeper and more serious and uh than super saiyan regular super saiyan super saiyan 2 goku uh, so yeah, I think I think that's okay. I think with with time, like I'll, I'll have to obviously I'll have to hear more, and you know, in the upcoming weeks to be able to kind of gauge it and see if it's something that I'm I like. But I feel like I'm going to be fine with it just because I these are all obviously awesome voice actors, so I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine. But yeah, and obviously that that, that Trunks kill is definitely one of the best is uh, best uh, uh, kills in the history of the series by far. Uh, maybe they'll give him something to kind of rival that in Dragon Ball Super. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I can't mention this enough. I'm super excited that Trunks is back. And uh, I'm super excited about where this could go. I am probably the most optimistic for Dragon Ball Super that I've been in a long time. Obviously, knowing that it's going to end at episode 131 doesn't really help anything. But at the same time, once again, that's still a very long time from now in terms of English dub episodes. Uh, and by that time, something completely different could have happened in Japan. The show could be back in a new form. Of course, we will revisit all of this stuff as uh, the developments come in. But for now, I just remain sort of optimistic about it and say I'm excited about this arc. Looking forward to talking to you guys about it. Make sure you get your emails in, etc. I think that about does it, guys. We're right about an hour now. So I hope you kind of enjoy this extended episode of the podcast. So until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast, I'm Tim Bridgewater, and I'll see you next time.